Good evening, folks, and a hearty welcome to our drive-in theater. We have a wonderful evening's entertainment lined up for you. One that will provide several hours of pleasurable relaxation. Washington, London, Paris, Moscow are key targets. The whole world is under attack. Who built it? The Russians? The Chinese? Martians? Canadians? I don't care! All I know is we didn't build it, and that's reason enough to assume the worst and blow it to cane of gum. For 100,000 years, it was buried in the snow and ice. Now it has found a place to live. Inside. Where no one can see it. The soldiers and their weapons would be powerless before the onslaught of the beast. The beast. The beast. The beast from 20,000 fathoms. Guns, tanks, bombs. They're like toys against them. It's indestructible. It's indescribable. Nothing can stop it. The nation. And then the world could fall before the blood-curdling threat of... Sci-Fi Double Feature Driving Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, Godzillas and Mothras, aliens and predators. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Double Feature Drive-In Podcast. Yay. Hey. <laughs> I always go, yay. Yay. You're really excited <laughs> or, for your own podcast. Or I always go, yeah. I always do that. <laughs> I am your conspiracy-loving host, Elisa Weglin, and sitting next to me is my radioactive partner in grime, Jarrett the Kaiju mm. Man Weglin. <laughs> Hi. Hi. I have water in my beard. <laughs> from drinking. Hi there, guys. When How I guys doing? when I see the drops of water in your mustache, it, sit there. it makes me think of a bug's life. Oh, when yeah. they like can hold, hold the drops the, of water with the surface tension of the water, they could just yeah. drink it like that. Yeah, <laughs> that's what your beard water <laughs> you makes just, me think of. You just watch it in my beard. Yeah, <laughs> that's weird. Just majestic beard water. <laughs> so what are we doing? <laughs> We start our beard water episode. <laughs> we, we start September with beard water. <laughs> we begin our double feature theme of space time Septemberum. But don't worry, where we're going, we don't need Me. roads. roads. <laughs> to Back to the Future Part Two. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. That's a power. <laughs> hey, you're gonna hear it again. You're gonna right? hear it again <laughs> and again. Yeah. And again, because this whole month is back to the future. Uh, yeah, it just makes my editing uh, process take longer by putting in those freaking songs every <laughs> five minutes. It's so worth it. <laughs> it's worth so it. So juicy. It just makes it easier on me when I have to listen to it again and again. But yeah, so uh, we're doing Back to the Future Part 2. We were like, ah, fuck it. We're, let's just do all the movies. Well, the reason was is we <laughs> did the last episode, and then we were sitting there this past mm-hmm. weekend, and well, was it this last or the one before? And it was like, what are we gonna watch? Back to the Future Part Two. Yeah, and yep. we just we were we were craving it. Yeah. And then right after it was like, okay, what are we gonna watch we now? We had the t- we had back the first to the part two. two. Back to the Future Part Three. Yeah, you know, we had the first two. And, you know, it just feels incomplete at that point. Yeah, and then I was like, wouldn't it be so funny if the September theme (laughs) was Back to the Future? Yeah, we were like, but how do we fucking weave it into September? (laughs) Like, (laughs) like, is is, uh, 
is, do you have to set your clocks back in September? I don't know. Uh, something. I was like, ah, space time Septemberum. We did it. Yeah, I, I half-assed that one. I, actually, I didn't half-ass it. I thought about it a lot. And we I, actually and I, came up with quite a few titles. And that's the only one and I... And <laughs> that was both of our favorites. So yeah. don't, don't so, shortchange us here. Yeah, so that's what you get when you come over here, folks. When you come here to the uh, <laughs> double feature drive-in. So, yeah, this is a part of a really good trilogy. I did a poll. What is, like, the best set of sequels? And I did, uh, like, four four uh, sets of sequels. I did Star Wars. Not trilogies. Just, like... Just, like, the, the solid, one after. Yeah, what has a good solid or, like, best set of sequels? And I did Star Wars, which is... Of course, everybody's going to bring that up. Mm-hmm. Um, I did Back to the Future. I did Jurassic Park. And I did Indiana Jones. Oh, all right. Well, what both, did the folks say? Uh, they said that... Uh, I believe it was... Oh, let me bring it up real quick. <laughs> I thought I had it memorized, but there's two that I'm not sure about. Because it was, like, bouncing up and down. Bouncing. You feel me jamming. <laughs> you got the jamming. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. It's not that surprising, but uh, Star Wars was top. top. Star Wars was top. Yeah. yeah. But with 38% of the vote, um, this is not an electoral college. It's not based on any electoral college. Yeah. You get 3 million more votes. <laughs> um, Back to the Future was second. With what uh, percentage? 33%. Okay, so not too far off. Mm-hmm. And who do you think was third? Jurassic Park or Indiana Jones? Ah, uh, goddamn. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's so many people who are, back, who are like, who really hate the Jurassic Park sequel. I'm going to go with Indiana Jones. Yeah, Indiana Jones did get third. <laughs> you people, you hating, you hating on Lost World. I hear you. Well, maybe they're hating on... Uh, Maybe they're hating on uh, Jurassic Park 3, or maybe they're hating on Jurassic World, or maybe they're hating on Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, or all of those. Uh, so you're saying like any sequel to any movie in the whole series? Yeah, yeah. Okay, right? okay. Because I'm counting Chris, Crystal Skull from Indiana Jones. Um, what else? Uh, Star Wars Last, Last Jedi. I bet if you didn't read that question... Uh, carefully and you didn't like last jedi you voted for it star wars fans <laughs> you voted for it <laughs> you know uh i sounded like my grandpa so much just there <laughs> with that laugh yeah. um you know hearing these poll results we haven't even gotten close to a star wars movie Nah. we should maybe we should do a star wars star wars what do you mean Oh, we could really piss everyone off in one in one month. We could do a Star Trek movie. Oh, Star Wars by, by movie. actually covering a Star Wars movie. I see what you mean. Well, my favorite Star Wars movies, uh, well, the newer ones, have been the side story movies. So I would want to do those, like Han Solo or something. Or the Solo, a, whatever they were called. Solo, a Star Wars story, whatever that was. Solo, a Star Wars story. <laughs> but everyone hates that. So, but I'm not in that fanboy community for Star Wars, so they might, I'm just a heretic in that. <laughs> I enjoy Star Wars a lot, but I don't know. You know, I saw it pop up on my like Facebook look back uh-huh. that just uh, I think like seven years ago or something was the first time I had like rewatched Star Wars since I was a child. Oh yeah, and I was like, oh yeah, like I wasn't a 
weird nerd person until like <laughs> pretty recently. A weird nerd person. Well, I had like, f- you know, I didn't, <laughs> I, my family didn't raise me like to like comic books. And, like pop culture? N- not really. I mean. <laughs> I just Disney. Say, yeah, just Disney. <laughs> it was just Disney. Just Disney and like fart jokes. <laughs> okay. That was my upbringing. That was the edge was the <laughs> fart jokes. Like, because you couldn't watch R-rated movies. I wasn't allowed to watch R-rated movies until I was 17. The only R you got was the R and fart. Yeah, the fart. (laughs) Family guy. That was it. Simpsons. That was pretty good. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Simpsons is definitely one of the entryways into pop culture. But you don't, a lot of the jokes you might not get. I didn't get a lot of the jokes. (laughs) Rewatching Simpsons with you recently, like going through all the seasons, not just, you know, rewatching Simpsons on TV Mm -hmm. casually. Yeah. But like going through all the seasons, I am seeing so many jokes I miss because when I watched it as a kid, I like had no idea what the fuck anything was. (laughs) There are a lot of jokes based on pop culture. I hadn't (laughs) watched so many movies till I was an adult. Yeah, well, Star Wars is still taking the the sequels poll. Well, there you go. We did it. But I do think that Back to the Future is very solid, and that's probably why we wanted to watch it. I think, like I said in our first episode about Back to the Future, it's just a better all-around series than, like, uh, Jurassic Park. Yeah, we talked about how it's the best trilogy. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, let's get into it. Yes, history. So... Yeah, there was really no planned sequel for Back to the Future, at yeah. least not in the beginning. Well, that's what we talked about last time with all of the things in the end that they kind of messed up. <laughs> yeah. Like, they had to reshoot uh, the whole ending. Well, because the girl. Yeah, Jennifer. She, Jennifer, she got replaced. Yeah, they replaced, uh, I forget the original girl's name, but they replaced her with Elizabeth Shue. Yeah, and then pretty much because they made this mistake, they had to knock her out in the beginning of the movie. Stash her somewhere. Yeah. Uh, It's funny, though. The original girl that played her in the first movie, that she was replaced, she ended up reprising her role in uh, another way. She did the voice for Jennifer in Back to the Future, the game. (laughs) It's like, what? Okay, I guess there's not not bad blood there, but I just... Okay. Well, um, she didn't get like fired or anything. I think no, like no. she had a sick family member. Yeah, I think that she was it. She had to take care of him. So yeah, they uh, replaced her with Elizabeth Shue, and they had to shoot that whole beginning scene again because that's how the the second movie kicks off. Yeah, and Jarrett showed me the side by sides of the scenes, and they're actually like exactly the mm-hmm. same, like movement for movement. Yeah, from like the the BMW that's in the driveway is parked exactly where it was in the background. Yeah. Like, it's perfect. As perfect as you can get for four years between, you know. Yeah, they must have like studied their expressions even. <laughs> yeah, and when he looks at the, the 4x4 for the first time, it's like, oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so originally the first drafts of the script took place in 1967 and was primarily written by Bob Gale as Zemeckis was heavily <clears throat> engrossed in production for Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah. Which I had no idea that he did Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Mm-hmm. That's very interesting. I love Who Framed Roger Rabbit. It is so good. <laughs> I want to do it even though it's probably not uh, sci-fi. So, I don't know. It's more fantasy. It is more <laughs> fantasy. I don't know if there's really a sci-fi element at all. No. Well, uh, the goo, it's chemicals. Yeah. <laughs> eh. uh, we'll put up a poll. It's <laughs> Roger Rabbit sci-fi. Yeah. They wanted 
to go back into the 60s and do, like, see some hippies and stuff like that. And even though I do trust that they had a good idea to do that, just hearing that kind of sounds dumb. Yeah. Um, of course, it's a key moment in American history and all that. Uh, the 50s, of course, then the next key moment is the 60s. But uh, just because it's the next key moment, it's like, nah. <laughs> However, it was finally decided to bring it back down to 1955 to see the original events from a different light and angle. Yeah, I thought it was cool to have, like, you know, two Martys in the 50s, like him not being able to come in contact with his other his other self, basically, and the same mm-hmm. thing with the doc. So we're still in the 50s, but it's, like, another angle, like like they said, you know? Yeah, and, they, you know, it's a different goal. Mm-hmm, yeah. So... And we get to see other parts of the town and, like, Biff's house and stuff like that and see how Biff lived. So it's not, like, a repeat of the first movie. We still get to see new things. Yeah, I mean, you don't feel at all like you're watching the same movie. No, even when you're seeing the exact same performance, like Marty uh, playing a Johnny B. Good again, it's still... You're seeing things that didn't even happen before, like, because obviously they're changing history with... Uh, him being chased behind himself mm-hmm. and saving himself. So yeah. it's interesting to think like, oh, this could be happening and we don't even know <laughs> just because he's actually recreating history now. It's, mm-hmm. it's really weird. So as many of the, or as many of the principal actors were signing on for the sequels, Crispin Glover was a huge speed bump. Mm-hmm. He refused to return until his pay was bumped up. It was rumored he was offered less than half of what Leia Thompson and Thomas F. Wilson was offered. Yeah, that's really low. Uh, but, I mean, like, I kind of get it because Leia Thompson... No, I mean, Crispin Glover did play about the same part amount as Leia Thompson. In the first movie, yeah. I don't know how much she was going to be playing in this movie, though. I'm. It depends. In this movie, it's really a lot less. It is a lot less, but we don't know how much it was changed because they changed the actor also. That's true. I mean, I guess we'll really never know. It is a lot less of both Leah and... Well, no, because Leah has the whole side story with Biff in the tower and all that. Yeah, you see Leah a lot more. Yeah. But still, if that's true, that is a lot less. Even less than half. That's, That's a significant amount less. But um, they're saying it was because it was like a vindictive thing because Crispin Glover didn't like how the first movie ended, how happiness was created because they were rich now, how he wasn't just a a blue collar worker working for Biff. Now he was he was the one in charge of everybody. He was the boss or not, not the boss, really. He was the author, a successful author. Yeah. So they were he he didn't like how honey he didn't like how money created their happiness at the end of that movie. He didn't like that they became yuppies. Yeah, yeah, basically, <laughs> which was a big thing in the eighties because you know whole Ronald Reagan thing and um, trickle down economics and yuppies were a huge thing in the eighties. So yeah, he he was actually speaking out about that ending, and that were the word must have got around to Zemeckis and Gale. <laughs> Yeah, or at least that's what he thinks. <laughs> yeah, apparently he must have been open about his feelings, and they um, didn't recast him. We'll never know so. because yeah. that's very inside, 
and we yeah, are just... we are on the outside. <laughs> yeah. So let's uh, talk about the plot. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it jumps right off from the end of the yeah. old movie. Yeah, they got to go help their kids. Mar- uh, Doc says to Marty and Jennifer. And let me tell you, fucking Marty and Jennifer's kid is a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he. What is up with him? Or, or according to Marty, he's a wimp. He calls him a wimp, also. Well, I mean, he is a wimp, but there's something like mentally. Yeah, he's wrong with that. He child. might have uh, had some oxygen. Uh, not going to his brain while he was being delivered or something. He dropped him on his head too many times. <laughs> he's just like, he's a wreck. Like one sleeve of his jacket is just like. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So basically, while they want to help their kids in the future, uh, Marty buys a sp- sports almanac because he kind of wants to make some cash. Yeah. Uh, this whole helping the kids thing uh, ends up making it much worse because he buys this almanac and Biff in the future hears this plan and he kind of uh, wants to do it himself so he takes the time machine takes it to his past self and he is salty and old at this point oh yeah like he is so (laughs) grumpy and he's like well I'm gonna give it to my younger self and make buco bucks so this fucks up everything so the whole uh, space time continuum is fucked and this is what the whole movie is based about. They have to go back in time again, 1955, and fix everything. And that's pretty much basically it. The whole, yeah. and then the ending is uh, probably my favorite part of the movie. Well, they what when they go back? Also, something fun that one of my favorite parts is when they go back to the 80s before they know everything's messed up. Oh in. yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> Biff is like a giant Trump asshole. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's actually a little bit cooler than Trump, I think. Uh, he's He's got a little bit more style. Well, he's like king <laughs> of a wasteland. Yeah, he's got a little bit... He has a little bit more uh, better taste in movies. A little more better, <laughs> better taste in, in his office and stuff. But anyways... <laughs> Yeah, they, ha- they go back to the 80s. That's when they notice that, that the space-time t- continuum is fucked up. But that's, I just really enjoy, like, the aesthetic of f- fucked-up Biff 80s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his brows kind of push down. He looks kind of like a Neanderthal at this point. That's when Biff almost kills Marty, but he's saved by Doc. But then that's when they know they have to go back to 1955, and that's when they do. But the ending is actually my probably my favorite part when... Uh, they're pretty much wrapping it up. The sports almanac is burnt to a crisp. Everything's reset. Burnt, uh, clean slate, basically. But then the doc, he gets struck by lightning. and Oh, yeah. But my favorite part is it starts raining, and immediately there's a Western Union telegram, and it's like, I forget what, what it was, like 70 years old. I think it was 70 years old. Mm-hmm. And it was just sitting around at Western Union from Doc because <laughs> he yeah. got he got sent back to the Wild West. But it seems like this guy's uh, like a a men in black or something, or some some guy sent to kill Marty because he just whips it out like a gun. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the the idea of Doc taking this uh, letter to Western Union and it just having it sit there for seventy years for Marty <laughs> in nineteen fifty five. Pretty uh, good. So, yeah. And that's when Back to the Future 3 picks up. Yes. Um, and it's like a real direct jump. 
Same mm-hmm. as same as one to two. <laughs> something that's really interesting to discuss about the the plot. Yeah. Or something that happens in the movie. <sighs> something philosophical maybe to ponder upon. Yeah, maybe is, you gotta uh, ponder it. You gotta put your pondering noodle hat on. Noodle hat. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, and Biff is driving through the tunnel. And he's trying to run Marty down. Yeah, is Marty going to make it? I don't know. But then there's a rope that comes down and Doc saves him. But then how does Doc know? Does he have a camera in the tunnel? I don't know. Who knows? He would never know to be there. Um, Me thinks Marty got run over. Yeah. Roadkill Marty. And then Doc had to go back in time again and save Marty. Even better. Uh, this happened like four or five times. Yeah. And Doc had to do <laughs> get <laughs> the time right. Doc had up. Yeah. So what do you guys think about that? I think that might have happened because I don't know. There, there's of course there's co- uh, coincidences in movies, but uh, I think that it's like a <laughs> fuck up in the script, and I oh, think yeah. that this is a very good explanation. <laughs> I just like to think about it. <laughs> it's just, I like it's to a think beautiful, about it. It's a beautiful moment, though. <laughs> also. There, there are times when we were talking about The Simpsons earlier, and uh, you know, The Simpsons predict things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, like like 9- Trump being president. Trump being president. Nine eleven. Um, it's nine eleven today. Oh, that's very inappropriate, Jared. <laughs> it won't be nine eleven when it comes out. So, <laughs> <laughs> so th- this movie was also said to uh, predict some things. It doesn't doesn't mean that it predicted it it just means that maybe it did i don't know it's a question mark in my notes so i mean <laughs> there has been plenty of good future predictions from some good books sometimes maybe. sometimes um fiction influences invention like hg wells he talked about the tank before it happened as well but tanks were probably gonna happen <laughs> you know you want a cannon that moves Right? Yeah. That's it's indestructible. That's, that's armored. But still, he wrote about it before it happened. But yeah, some of these things, like uh, the rise of 3D movies. Yeah, again. when the Jaws shark of course, comes 3D, out. Yeah, when Jaws comes out. Of course, 3D movies were, were popular, but they, they became popular again in 2000, the 2010s, which this movie is taking place in, which happened in the 2010s, I remember, with Avatar. Yes. <laughs> we have actually seen 3D movies. Yeah. Oh, and it got real popular when uh, there was the short-lived uh, trend of 3D TVs. Oh, yeah. My dad has one. Kyle or at least he one. had one. Kyle has one. He got one really cheap, I think. That was a huge thing. And they started releasing movies on 3D. Mm-hmm. And stuff. They still and do. Then- it kind of is a die. Doesn't off. even it used to be, it, like people thought it was really going to take off, yeah. and then it did not. It doesn't cost anymore to get the 3D versions anymore. It's like, yeah, you can have it if you got the 3D TV still. I love how <laughs> 3D in your living room is really like no one wanted it. No one like people were like, I don't like that. Yeah, people, <laughs> people are nowadays. They're like, I'll take more resolution, but <laughs> I don't want 3D in my room. Yeah, they couldn't per- like perfect the no glasses thing, it seems. Eh. Anyways, other things that it uh, predicted was the ever-present surveillance that we have now. Uh, I think anything could have that was predicted gonna... that. that. That's Yeah, that was gonna, I mean, 1984 kind of did that as well, right? Well, um. that's like the whole point of 1984. <laughs> yeah. Big Unmanned, Brother. 
Yeah, unmanned flying drones for news gathering, of course. That's that's happening now. Uh, widescreen flat panel televisions mounted to that wall. Yep. And then, of course, uh, you know how you could watch multiple channels at once now. Yes. That, that was in here in the in this film. Oh man, grandpas were so excited about that. Skype. That, Skype. That was in this movie. I think that was in other movies too. But uh, I mean, Star Wars had the little hologram talking thing. That's kind of like Skype, right? <laughs> and I'm sure there were movies that had that before too. Um, hands-free video games. Like you know the Oculus. Yeah. VR, yeah. Yeah. Uh, talking hologram billboards. We I've seen those around LA. Uh, I haven't seen those. What's a hologram billboard? I guess not holograms, huh? I want to say, well, not holograms. Well, maybe they're talking like those talking hot, like the singing to- uh, holograms, like Tupac. Like Tupac, yeah. <laughs> but I have seen a uh, talking billboard. Um, <laughs> Tablet computers. I'm I'm reading this off of a tablet computer right with the now. fingerprint scanner. Yeah. Well, this one. Well, oh, this, this is, is too old of a model, but they have them now. Don't knock on my <laughs> iPad. It's an older model. But <laughs> Mine my, doesn't have one. My my iPhone does though. Yes. I have a newer iPhone, and of course, paying on those portable devices often with Apple a, Pay with a fingerprint also. Yes. Yeah, so that's some of the things. Well, that are... how dare we skip past the Cubs oh. winning? They didn't win the exact year they predicted in the movie. They won the year after. Yeah. But they won. The wh- Cubs won, and they predicted it because it seemed so crazy that it would happen. Yeah, and they disappointed. <laughs> the Cubs must have disappointed a lot of people when they didn't win that year. They were close. I know they were. They were really close. That's why it was even more disappointing. <laughs> yeah. I was really disappointed because I was like, oh, there's so many things that are here this year that are in this movie and I want it to be the Cubs winning too. That year I went, they had a whole thing at the Twin Pines Mall. Mm-hmm. I went down there for his re-entry, but they, they had like the Doc Brown uh, van and stuff like at the, at the mall. It was pretty fun. And we got a little little stuff on the production. So it took about two years for the script to be completed and the sets to be constructed. Yeah. Not a big surprise. Seems mm-hmm. about a pretty good turnaround. Yeah, that's not, that's not too bad. But they they had to make the sets into the future version, and then they had to make it back into the 1955 version because yeah. it wasn't 1955 anymore because obviously multiple movies were shot in the time between the first movie and the sequels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they were like, well, we can't shoot this yet, so just make it the future already. <laughs> <laughs> Principal photography began in February of 1989, and it would be shot back-to-back with Back to the Future Part 3. Mm-hmm. And they even, at the end of shooting, like, uh, the fir- like, the second Back to the Future, they split teams, and one was starting to edit Back to the Future 2 <laughs> and one started the beginning of Back to the Future 3 like the the production for Back to the Future 3 That's so crazy. Back to the Future 3 I think is more was shot in Columbia, California or something like that or I don't I don't really know exactly but it was not near where where we are like in Los Angeles where they shot it. Shot the second one <clears throat> so they had to the team split up to mm-hmm. uh, uh, delegate the work basically. And get things started on the, th- the third movie. 
here's a little bit of bummer news that yeah. I that I had to, for some reason put this in the notes. It's, it bring, made me so sad to bring down the whole podcast. Yeah. Um, so he had uh, Michael J. Fox in between the movies. He he had to relearn how to ride the skateboard because when they um, asked him to reprise his role, he he just couldn't couldn't ride the skateboard anymore. And that's really weird. It's kind of like, you know, the saying, oh, it's like riding a bike again. Because, uh, you know, when you get on a bike, it's kind of easy. Mm-hmm. Even though, even if you haven't ridden a bike. Well, there's a reason that they say muscle memory. Yeah. But uh, he couldn't do it. So uh, they actually think that that might have been because of his Parkinson's disease. And he was diagnosed only two years after this. So maybe it was because of that. Yeah. I'm so sad. Yeah, it's really sad. So. Yeah. I uh, had to put that in the middle to bring down the, the podcast for Thanks, some reason. Thanks, Jarrett. You're welcome. Well, uh, special effects. Special effects will make us happier. <laughs> so Zemeckis was quoted saying, we used every trick in the book. We used every trick in the book on this one. Come on, guys. Yeah? Everything from just regular old people makeup, mm-hmm. old people makeup, to br- like brand new technologies. Brand new technologies. CGI. Yeah. They said that Michael J. Fox said that uh, the old old people makeup took four hours to put on, and that's he said that that fucking sucked. I've heard movies <laughs> where like makeup took longer than that. I know, but this was very new at the time. Oh, I know. It was very secretive. They kept it like closed doors for some reason, like it hasn't been it hadn't been done before. So I guess they didn't want people doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want anyone to be old. They didn't want steal, people stealing it or something. No one else going to be old. So <laughs> the film was the most groundbreaking film for industrial light magic, or industrial light and magic at the time. ILM used a combination of a large, of a large number of digital composite shots, including a large 3D shark. ILM's model shop also built and puppeteered a fully articulated, remote-controlled, 115-scale DeLorean and a variety of other vehicles for the film's numerous flying sequences. Yeah, that 115th DeLorean is really cool. I wish I had that thing in my house. Just... <sighs> yeah. <laughs> when you can just see through the windshield and you see mm-hmm. all the lights and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they... It's really I'm surprised cool. it's practical. Yeah, that well for the flying shots, it's it's practical, and uh, they said that for the uh, the Jaws part, the the 3D shark, when they first did it, it kind of like flickered and like looked kind of shitty, and they kept it like that because they thought because <laughs> <laughs> like, it's funny. The guy was like, oh, that's kind of funny. Yeah, let's keep it like that. <laughs> and Spielberg liked it too, because you know the the first Jaws gave him so much trouble because the thing fucked up all the time. The jaw, the the robot shark. So uh, yeah, that's why they gave him that that line also to make fun of uh, Jaws. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, it also says uh, Max Spielberg, read directed by Max Spielberg. That's that's his son's name. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So by far the most important piece of special effects has to be the newly developed Vista Glide system. Vista Glide was a robotic motion control camera dolly system that allowed an actor to play two or more parts in a single scene, with a computer controlling the pan, tilt, focus, zoom, and the split line during each pass. So yeah. with how often the mm-hmm. same actor is playing their young self and their old self. 
Yeah, this, this is ve- was much needed. Very important because when you would ha- shoot an shoot a scene with two actors and then you would composite them together, you would usually have to lock down the camera, and then you would be able to do it. Uh, but if you would, uh, you couldn't be able to move the camera, or because when you would match the shots, you wouldn't be able to get the camera movement uh, to match. Yeah, because it has to be exact. Yeah, when you with this thing, apparently, when you move the camera the first time for the first shot. The computer memorizes it, so when they shoot it with the actor the second time, it just does the exact same uh, like pan or whatever movement that you did for the first time. So it doesn't yeah. matter what movement you did, it's going to match it perfectly when you composite them together. Which is also amazing because you have to go and do makeup and everything mm-hmm. in between yeah. all the shots. And they also <laughs> have to... Like Thomas F. Wilson, for example, when he's just talking to his older self in the car, they would put like the older Biff's audio in like a hearing aid thing in the younger Biff's ear, and he would have to act to the act to the voice of himself. So it, it would have to time up correctly, sync That's up correctly. That's so crazy. Yeah, and you would have to hear Robert Zemeckis directing him, like move to the left or get out of the car now or whatever. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he was hearing that in his ear and and all the other stuff at the same time. So it's pretty crazy. <laughs> <clears throat> so this film was nominated for an Oscar for Best Special Effects, but lost to James Cameron's The Abyss. Yeah. Interesting enough, Zemeckis won for special effects the previous year with Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Totally deserved it. Please. Okay. (laughs) I can't do it. (laughs) I wish I could. It did, however, win a BAFTA and a Saturn Award for visual effects. Yep. How could it win those two and not the Oscar? I guess Abyss is pretty amazing visual effects wise. I'm not that big a fan of the movie itself. I've never seen it. It's like moving water. Like actual like computerized water. The movie water. is moving water. No, like the the visual effect. Is, oh, okay. It's an alien that's made of water. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty crazy to look at. So people actually thought that the hoverboard hoverboards were real. Robert Zemeckis only helped to fuel this rumor, <laughs> yeah. saying that they were kept out of stores due to safety complaints from parents. <laughs> Thomas Wilson says he gets asked that the most. Yeah, I'm sure he hates that shit. Hoverboard's real. <laughs> he hated asking questions, getting asked questions about these movies for so long, and I'm sure that's the one he hated too. Uh, uh, yes, they're real. They're real. They're in stores. Go find one. <laughs> I have a pit bull now. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move on to reception. Yes. Good old Carl Sagan. He loved this movie. <laughs> he said this is the greatest time travel movie ever made. He praised the accuracy in handling the multiple timelines as what would really happen if time travel were possible. And it's funny because in Back to the Future, the game, the same one where Jennifer plays herself again, yeah. <laughs> Carl Sagan is the name that Doc Brown takes on in, the, in that game, like a little... A fake name or whatever. A little alias. Yeah, alias. That's the word I was looking for. So, yeah. And also, uh, good old Roger Ebert. Oh, God. What does he fucking got to say now? I don't know the Siskel and Ebert rating, but I do know his uh, Chicago Sun-Times rating. He gave it three out of four stars, which is not bad. He said, it lacks the impact 
of the first, but he loves that hoverboard sequence in the middle. Oh, you devil. <laughs> you little devil. You devil. <laughs> oh, God. What a great, what a great film. <laughs> yes. Though. I fully enjoy it. I love it. It's so good. And make sure that you join us next time for Back to the Future Part 3. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what it does at the end? No, it's just the it's just the song, and I'm just saying Back to the Future Part Three. That's the power of You guys thought we forgot. We didn't forget. We didn't forget. So yeah, thank you for listening to that. It went actually longer than I thought it would. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, join us for part three. Uh, Hopefully we're going to try and get an underground to you. Yeah, we want to do event. a... We want to start doing undergrounds again. Um, Check out all of our stuff. Yeah, stuff, stuff, out, stuff on the web. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Bang and, us. Bang us. Yeah, make sure you hit us on the Bing, the <laughs> Lycos... Foursquare, Foursquare, <laughs> MySpace, Friendster, Zanga. <laughs> Look at my live journal. Live journal. Uh, I actually probably still have my live journal out there somewhere <laughs> in the abyss of the internet. Bloop journal. Bloop journal. Yeah, that's a real one. But yeah, thank anyway. you guys. Thank you guys so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. We love this movie. We love you guys. So we'll see you on the other side. And you better praise Godzilla. Yes. See what movie's playing next at Sci-Fi Double Feature Drive-In on Instagram, Facebook, and our website, justaddthat.com. Catch us on Twitter at SFDFDI Podcast. We sure hope you enjoyed the movie. Thank you for joining us. As always, we're glad to have you. Please replace your speaker, dispense of all trash, and watch for children as you carefully exit our vehicle. Good night.